Good morning and welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. And we are on Element FM, of course, and we are broadcasting out of Toronto and Ottawa in Toronto, 106.5 in Ottawa at 95.7 FM. Welcome. And of course, you can listen anywhere to Element FM, uh, to your favorite Toronto or Ottawa station by downloading loading the Radio Canada app and typing in 106.5 FM or 95.7 FM. Today on the show, we have a very interesting guest, and I'm very pleased to have him here with us. He's a Canadian Indigenous producer. His name is David Strickland. He has produced and worked with some uh, very interesting artists. He's got a Grammy. He's been up for several Junos, and uh, he has worked with the likes of uh, Drake, Jade, and uh, numerous other artists over the last 25 years. David, welcome, and uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good. How about you? I can't complain. You guys got me up in the morning, so I mean. <laughs> well, listen. I'm did thankful. we give you a cup of coffee or something? No, no, I don't. I don't drink coffee anymore. <laughs> well, listen. Um, I I hope that you're 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 with us enough. Uh, you know, to 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 have an engaging conversation. I'm good. I'm and, good. And and um, and listen. It, it's it's really cool because you you've done a, n- a number of things. Um, you've worked uh, primarily, I guess, a lot in, in with the hip hop community. But if you don't mind, I'd like to, I'd like to go back and and have you introduce yourself to our listeners in terms of telling us how how did things get started for you? You were telling me a little bit just before we went on the air that you you went to Humber. You started. You, yeah, you started, we, when we got here, I was looking at the radio station, and you know that's what I was saying. I started. I mean, I was an artist. I started started really in hip hop by but getting into dancing and which led me to going to parties which mm-hmm. led me to DJing and mm-hmm. this is around the time when hip hop was like new to the city so yeah. to speak um and that kind of led me to you know MCing which led me to radio and I went to Humber College for radio broadcasting mm-hmm. and then that kind of led me into engineering because I was always in the studio playing with the equipment which I didn't have I didn't grow up rich so I didn't I couldn't say hey dad buy me a SP1200 right. um I learned to produce uh, one of my f- older friends, Rumble, who was one of the pioneers of hip hop in the city. Um, he was he had the first SP twelve hundred in Canada. Mm-hmm. He was taught how to use it by Care, um, Scott LaRock from Boogie Down Productions, who is um, one of the pretty well. You know, Scott LaRock was um, Karis One's DJ in, in Boogie Down Productions. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to to learn these things. So it was like an evolution. So I started learning to engineer, and then I slowly stopped becoming an artist and started engineering and producing more. And And at the end of the day, it was all love for the music. Yeah. Right? Now, uh, and of course, that, that kind of kind of how it goes once you start getting into one thing you usually branch out right. and find that you're you know you have to do something else just because of what you said lack of money or yeah. lack of time or if you're into it to you're gonna find a way right? yeah my, mo- my mother resourceful. used to say where there's a will there's a way yeah you get resourceful you get creative um so can you tell us a little bit about your background i know you didn't you weren't born or raised on the res but no. uh, what's your what is your indigenous background well i'm i have mixed heritage um, my mother's side is mixed um my grandmother was french and my my grandfather was mixed mm. cree and creole and french mm. and then my dad's side is is mi'kmaq but there's a lot of mixing there on both sides as well so you mm. have like my great grandmother was Innu and Scottish, but mm. yet my great grandfather was Mi'kmaq, mm. and then on my other dad's side they were mixed as well, like English and Mi'kmaq. Mm. So it was all this, in, you know, mixed 
uh, peoples. And yeah. then it comes down to me, and it's like just a mismatch. And when I started learning about my heritage and and finding, because I'm fortunate enough, there is documentation of a lot of our bloodlines. Right. And that goes back, you know, parts of Newfoundland and mm. Labrador and Nova Scotia and Halifax. And there's a lot of bloodlines there that I can tap into and learn about, and I have family to help me That's with that. Great. Fortunately, yeah. I'm fortunate for yeah. that. Um, I also do ceremony and learned a lot that mm-hmm. way. But that was something I was, you know, necessarily like encompassed in. Like I wasn't raised, I was raised as a city kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't raised with traditions. I didn't wasn't raised with Catholic. I wasn't raised a certain, you know, religious yeah. way or anything. So when you were, were you aware of your heritage while you were growing up? Yeah, but it was more like, see, the the history of where my family is from, where my dad's family is from. Some of us got trapped in Nova Scotia. Some of us got mm. trapped in Newfoundland. Mm. And if you know the history of Newfoundland, when they joined Confederation, they said there was no indigenous people. That being said, they didn't take the Indian Act. Um, so we weren't recognized. Mm. And I, most of the people from the West Coast of Newfoundland, um, depending on your family, most people hit it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of places sure. in Nova Scotia where yep. my ancestors are buried as well, a lot of people hit it and yep. it was a survival. And I make it, I always tell the story as akin to being in the South and slavery and trying to just, it's survival. Mm-hmm. And I get it. So it, a, a lot of people turned into shame. Mm-hmm. So that kind of carried down. So growing up, it was kind of like, you know, we didn't talk about that, but you knew. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? I, I do. So at what point did it become important enough for you to say, hey, I got to start recognizing this. I got to well, start learning about it. One of the earliest memories I have, I remember when I was back home with my dad one time back in 2012 or something, and my dad brought something up and it reminded me mm. when I got my health card and my, maybe your SIN mm. card. Mm. And I was only, you know, I started working at 12 or 13. So I got that stuff early. And I remember seeing, you know, being younger and if you grew up in Toronto, most of you, it's a multicultural city. Yeah. So you're, if you're a good person, you usually have friends of all ethnicities. Sure. So I remember seeing, you know, all my, you know, I couldn't understand like, you know, what's, what's this on my ID, right? It says Indian, North mm. American Indian. And mm. I couldn't understand that because mm. we didn't, you know, it wasn't like it was everywhere in our house or mm. you didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like, yeah. you know, the only culture I had was you know, if I went to my grandma's house, they spoke French, mm. and we didn't talk about that, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And sure. where they're from in Quebec is all like Algonquin and Cree, and you know, I if you know the history of that area, it's very remote. Hudson's Bay, there's a lot of history there, so it wasn't really like I was immersed in it, but it was there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, there's a, there's a book coming out where they talk about this, where hip hop kind of helped me reconnect with the traditions in in a strange way because um just like you know i know you've seen the beadwork but i have it tattooed on me as mm-hmm. well right mm-hmm. so this is a piece taken from um friends of mine shout out to indigenous had this medicine wheel yeah a different one okay that was their logo and i really took to it and brother ernie panicoli i'm not sure if you know who ernie panicoli is yeah. brought that teaching and i really it really resonated with me so these guys broke up and everybody was arguing about the piece and we all said, you know, make your own. Nobody owns a medicine wheel, nobody owns elements. And we all, so we all made her, I made my own. And the reason I have it, Ted, is because it was in the McMichael. But, you know, this really stuck with me because it, it's almost like hip hop helped me re, reconnect in a weird way. The elements of it 
and the elements of the culture were so similar, but by the time I put them together, because I'd been so immersed in hip hop all my life mm -hmm. and making hip hop, that mm -hmm. it was like, wow, it's the same. It's different, but it's the same. You understand? Mm -hmm. And that was like a really interesting point for me. So growing up, I didn't have it, but I did. You know, it's yeah. a weird, you know, weird thing. So when you when you went to Humber, you were interested in getting into radio. Then you started hanging around the uh, the, the console and, and mixing and doing yeah. some engineering stuff and doing some beats, right? For yourself, right? Well, I had a I had a mentor. Okay, I had a mentor by the name of Gadget, who's like right. a legend in, yeah, yeah. in the city. He mixes pretty much all Drake records yeah. now, and at the time, Gadget was mixing a lot of records here. Mm. And the, I was, you know, we're talking like 94, 95. Yeah. And I was, you know, I didn't know who he was. Mm. I was just wanted to be in the studio. Yeah. And I became like a gopher and, you yeah. know, like a, an assistant. Yeah. And yep. that's how I started engineering. And I learned everything the hard way. Called volunteering, right? <laughs> yes. I worked for free. I worked for credits. I got yeah. coffee. I mean, yeah. it wasn't much of a coffee, but if you know about studio life, I learned boot camp the hard way. Mm. Right. And, I worked really hard at it. Mm. Like I was the kind of guy when I never give up. If you notice on my arm, it says don't quit. Mm. Right. So I'll go all night and go the next day and all night right. if we have to. Sure. So that's kind of person I am. So that really helped me. And at that time in my life, I was still a young man. Mm. Um, and I, I had five kids by the time I was 21. So, oh. I mean, I had a lot of, you know, mouse to feed. So I had to make money <laughs> and, there wasn't a lot of money to be made, right? right? You yeah. know, the pies were small back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, Right? So it w it's been an evolution. Yeah, well, <coughs> so you get into that, you start you start learning. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you were, were you, you were into things, but you were also trying to dance? You were trying to do some break well, dancing? Well, no, I, that, that was saying I, I got into the music through dance. Okay. Right? And that was, you know, the first, thing yeah. for me at the time not realizing the connection yeah. right um and then i got into more of the music side of things um and the, I, I, earlier i was on the microphone and yeah i was more interested in being an artist originally yes. but then i started getting into production and, and engineering and i was less in, interested in doing that and then fortunately you know over time people have put me on records yeah. and then at this point where where i'm at now you know, it's come full circle again. But at the time, I kind of, you know, was just trying to find myself, I guess, you know, find my voice, find where where do I fit in, you know, because at the time I was immersed with all the top, like whoever had it, like if Shockler had a record deal, that was like the first rapper signed to a big label in mm. Canada. Mm. I'm the engineering, I have the tapes at home, you know, like, okay, I guess I'm the engineer, <laughs> like, where do I fit in here? Okay, I'm not a rapper anymore. Yeah. Okay, maybe yeah. I can get onto some production if right. I keep learning. And, you know, so I was doing a lot of important records at the time. Mm. So it kind of like led me, yeah. you know, along the way yeah, to yeah. like, and I've been really lucky because, I mean, for the most part, I've mostly been doing this since. Yeah. Right. And so what did you start to learn about yourself then as you started to do those things and, and spend more time behind the board and working with other artists? Uh, I, f I found out uh, how much heart I had, actually. Mm. I had a lot of heart. Can you explain heart. that? Well, kind of like a fighter, right? Because okay. I like to box. Yeah. And when you're in the ring or you're in a game or something and you know when you got to go that extra mile, yeah. I have that. Okay. So you know what I mean? Like I'll 
stay up and do the work if mm-hmm. we got to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will leave or I got to go home, my wife, yeah. my kids, yeah. and I, I have all that too. Sure. But at the end of the day, sometimes that makes a difference of, of winning and losing. Yes. Right? And so th- I learned a lot about myself as far as heart. I learned a lot about myself as far as skills, as far as my ears. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know I had super ears. Like, I can hear things. Mm-hmm. It's, my ears are unbelievable sometimes, even to this day. Like, it's, sometimes it works against me because I don't want to hear things. Right. Right? <laughs> but, you know, so I just um, I just kept trying. I, I will keep trying, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you, you might knock me down, but I'm going to get back up, yeah. right? That's That was the main, right. those are the main core things that I learned about me. It's not about... Oh, I'm the best engineer, or can I be the best producer? Right. I'm just trying to contribute. Yeah, what I can, I, you know, in in some f- form or fashion. So, listen, you you touched on something there that might be of interest for people to to hear more about, and that is this heart you're talking about the the ability to go that extra mile and to put that time in and make sure that job gets done, which is which is of course whatever we and anything that that is great right. has to be has to have that. You got to be a finisher. Yeah. But you also pointed out that your dad, you know, I guess I'm a husband and you have family. Yeah. How, what's the trade-off? How has that yeah, affected well, those yeah. things? Yeah, like, um, well, some for, fortunately and unfortunately, mm. like I didn't have all my children with one woman mm. and not every situation, you know, was mm. necessarily a good situation. Right. Um, people don't always get along sometimes you're not together so i sacrifice sure. yes yeah. i did sacrifice some of my children you know one of my sons lives with me now mm. who i didn't get to see him a lot growing up not right. because of my work right sometimes it was problems between the families sure. but what for whatever reason it kind of you know there was a lot of pain there comes a lot of pain with that sure. and sometimes when you have situations like that you end up doing bad things so i chose to like put it into energy into like yeah. you know what let me go work yeah. harder yeah yeah and get money so that right. I can fix the yes. situation or help yes. or, Understood. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's how I was raised. I come from a split, my family, my parents mm-hmm. divorced when I was mm-hmm. young, but my parents were very amicable as far as, right. okay, Christmases and holidays right. and weekends. And yeah. they didn't, you know, they might've had their problems, but sure. I still got to see both my parents and yeah. I was raised by both of them. Yeah. And that was the kind of attitude I had that, okay, it might not be perfect, but let me try hard to make it right somehow, right? Yeah. But I did sacrifice, and I lost a lot of some of my kids growing up, right? And, you know, I can never get that back. But at the same time, my children are proud of me, so that makes, you know, they get mm-hmm. it now, Of course, right? yeah. So, but it, it, gives them, uh, it gives them something to, to look up to in right. terms of what you are accomplishing. Right. Now, the other thing you mentioned there was super ears. Yeah. This hearing... Where do you think that comes from in your family? Is anybody else in your family? Uh, no clue. My yeah. uncle's into music. Um, yeah. My dad's, there's not really any like musical talent. Like, you know, uh, have sports in my family, mm. uh, but there's no like, there's no like famous guitarist or right. somebody who, you know, it's not like a thing we knew yeah. about. So, so when you say that, I'm, I'm trying to get a little more sense of what that means to you when you say you have a super hearing is that in terms of of distance and frequency separation? What, what do you? What well, do you mean there, by that? there's that too because you ever get the ear test when you're at the doctor? Oh, yeah. Last time yeah, I yeah, got that, frequencies. and she's doing the tests and she's she's running through the frequencies, yeah, and yeah. I'm going 10k, right. 5k. I'm naming the frequencies. She's just looking at me, going, 
I think you're good because who does that? Who right. names the frequencies? But if you ever dealt with test tones yes. and aligning a tape machine, yeah. and if you ever use this stuff to properly align stuff, right. you know the, your frequencies, right? right? Yeah. If you were raised old school. <laughs> so fortunately for me, I know that. Yeah. Um, moving ahead, though, um, super hearing as far as, you know, I used to be in like, and I don't go to bars and stuff anymore, yeah. but if I was in a bar and the music was pumping, mm. I could hear somebody over there talking to each other. Stuff like that. Wow. Like I hear yeah. my son, I, I was sick and I apologize to him, but I was sick on the weekend and he mm. was like getting food, but I can hear the the oh, wrapper yeah. from the bread and there's like two doors in the way. I'm like, why am I hearing this? Right. right. Like I right, should right. be, I got the TV yeah. on, the, yeah, yeah. the clock's going tick, tick, you know, mm. like, so it's, it's a gift and a curse, but it comes in handy when you're in the studio. Of course it does. Right? So let's go to the studio for a second. When, how does that help you in the studio? Oh, it helps me in a lot of ways. I catch things that a lot of people don't catch. Um, sometimes, not just frequencies, but, you know, remember there's, most people don't understand that. It's like vision. I always use a vision as an example. Yeah. You yeah. only have a certain, you know, movies are 35 frames per second because yep. we can only see so fast, right. Right? right? Hearing is the same way. We can only hear so high frequency and right. so low, but there are frequencies below Absolutely. and above that. Yep. Some people can't hear them, mm -hmm. right? So if you're... A studio guy and you can't hear you know a real low frequency and it's affecting your song that could be a problem for you later mm -hmm. or you have a rumble or you have right. uh notes colliding or right. low frequencies because mm -hmm. sometimes a bass and a kick will throw things off because of the frequency of the the kick or the bass and mm -hmm. you got to play there's certain you know there's certain things that play here that you need right. to know right so the ears come in handy and one of the rules of thumb is to always trust your ears i now after over 20 years of you know using my ears mm -hmm. to make money mm -hmm. i'm in pretty good like i don't have problems i don't have yeah, i used to, i was a kid in high school with the with the buds in my ear sony walkman the first yeah. came out the teachers yeah. oh you're gonna go deaf and i'm like i'm good i'm not deaf i can hear perfectly right. the way i could 20 yeah. years ago now, uh, you mentioned going to clubs and stuff, and sometimes that, that stuff is, is pretty powerful yep. in terms of the, the frequencies they're pumping out there and the yeah. volume, et cetera. Uh, I wasn't a you, raver, so it wasn't yeah. always like, you know, days and days of yeah. music because that probably could be bad for you. Yeah, I've gone to concerts, say, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's like anything else. You got to take a little bit at a time, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So what do you, do you remember the first time you were you were you were hired as sort of a, um, an engineer or producer? What was the first stuff you um, first? Well, I mean, I started working with uh, Socrates okay. way back. Um, I don't know if you'd call it hired, but I couldn't even tell you the first first. I could tell you the first sessions, like okay. Ghetto yeah. Concept or Chaos, or like right. in the basement we had a studio, and it was kind of like a spot where everybody came. Yeah, and I was working with guys like that, mm -hmm. um, Cardinal. Uh, Julie Black did a lot of work with her back then. Tara Chase, um, so kind of like I wouldn't say it's you know I eventually did start getting paid, but mm -hmm. the way it worked for me then was you know I was I was working in the studio in the basement, and then Trebis, where I went to school, was also a place where I worked. Mm. So I was working in the daytime in the school. Yeah, and this is how it ended up. And then at night, I'd lock the school and I'd go downstairs and do right. sessions. Right. Right. With, with whoever was scheduled to be there. And I had two jobs and I'd work all night. So I'd start work at Trevis at noon and I'd work till about eight. Yeah. The school's closed. 
And then I'd go in the studio. I might take a dinner break or something, but I'd be in this. I'd do two or three recording sessions. Mm-hmm. And then the old man would come and we'd mix till seven in the morning. And then I'd be passed out on the lounge couch and the morning people would come and wake me up and I'd go up the street and shower and come back in four hours and do it all again. And I was, I could do that. And on the right. weekend was my special time because the school was closed. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just pure music. Yeah. Right. But that is my, you know, earliest of doing real records, you know, doing, because at that time you had, you know, Sox was signed to Warner LA, mm. you know, um, this is around the time Jellystone got his deal, mm-hmm. you know, Shaw Claire had a deal, um, Chaos, Glenn Lewis, I don't think had his deal yet, but like there was a lot going on. Yeah. There was a lot of records, real records coming out of the yeah. city, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was my first real taste of, you know, oh, look, I got a check from Universal. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. wow, I'm really living <laughs> this, right? Right. <laughs> You're a professional now. <laughs> well, listen, David, we've got to take a break. But we will be right back on Element FM and Moment of Truth with our guest today, David Strickland. We'll be right back. I'm your host, David Moses. We're back on Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. In Toronto at 106.5, in Ottawa at 95.7. And our guest today on Moment of Truth is producer producer and Indigenous producer, David Strickland. He's, uh, He's a guy that's been raised in the Scarborough area of Toronto, Spent much of his life there, but uh, he's moved on to do some pretty cool stuff and work with some pretty impressive people. And we're just going over uh, some of David's past in terms of how he got into the industry, uh, how he started. He, he's branched off to, to do some, some other cool stuff as well. I mean, um, David, you, you've got a, you've got a, you had a show at McMichael Gallery. Yeah, it was, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about how you got into that arm of of you know branching out of music and getting into the uh art side of things well you know if we go back to radio when i when i applied at humber you had to have a secondary Ah, right so i i was always you know good at art and drawing and so i had to pick art as my secondary Mm. now you had to have a portfolio and they didn't just want drawings they wanted paintings Mm. so at the time i was think i was like two kids deep and uh I was working midnight shift mm-hmm. at a mm-hmm. knitting mill, and okay. in the morning I'd come home and paint, and I painted like five or six paintings so that when I went to the interview, I'd have something to show just in case I didn't get into radio because there's only 70, 70 spots open for that year and like 1,500 applicants, right? So sure. there's a good chance I wouldn't make it. Yeah. So I prepared myself. Even though I had all these obstacles, I still crossed my T's and dotted my I's. I tried my best. Didn't paint for... Till like four or five years ago. Okay. Didn't paint. Mm. Maybe the odd time. Yeah. I remember doing the odd thing here and there. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't really something I was like, you know, I was too busy doing all this other stuff, right? So fast forward now, I kind of had, <coughs> pardon me, I kind of had like, a, I don't want to call it an epiphany, but I had a crossroads. There was mm. a lot of things going on in okay. my life. And uh, one day I was uh, on my way to the studio. We used to have a st- studio over by uh, Sterling and I was in the East End and I stopped in at the Native Center and I spoke to somebody and led me to somebody, led me to somebody, led me to somebody and I started just learning Mm. basically because I didn't have, I could read, but I I needed people Mm. to learn from and that brought me back to like traditional aspects of my life that I wasn't really, you know, engaging in as much, right? And, you know, it was, I I give credit mostly to the sweats because I was... I had a journey, and there was a lot of things that happened. To make a long story short, 
I was doing a lot of sweats, mm. and I just started painting again. I, it was, I, in fact, my drum. Mm. I tell this story, my hand drum. I was on a fast, made my hand drum, mm. and a few weeks later, something. I noticed people had clans and stuff on their drums or painting. So mm. I said, I can paint. Sure. So I said, let me paint my clan. Mm. I painted my clan on my drum. Mm. And then I was at the dollar store one day, and they had canvas for $2, (laughs) and paint for a dollar, and brushes for a dollar fifty. And I was like, (laughs) okay, and I started painting. That's even how the, like, you know, back to the wheel, I painted that because because I just wanted stuff to paint. Like, oh, that would look cool on my wall. I wasn't doing original stuff. I was doing... You know, like, uh, I like the Leafs logo, I'll paint yeah, it. Like, yeah. I was just having yeah, yeah. relaxing time, sure. right? That's all it was. And, you know, around the time, things were good and bad. And I remember asking creator, you know, I need I need another thing to mm. help me. Mm. Because music has been slowing down. I sure. mean, things are different now, but there was a time when yep. it changed a lot. Studio business, same thing. So, you know, I, I'm capable of doing other things. I used to work in a shop. I used to do all kind of jobs. But... You want to do something you love. So I just started painting and painting. And then I started doing original stuff. And mm. it was the sweats that started bringing this this mm. these, this element. And then before I knew, it was like over 100 paintings. And mm. people were trying to buy them off me. Nice. And I was giving them away. And mm. I didn't really get into the T-shirts yet. But right. it just evolved into this thing up until the point where, I mean, I did more shows before the McMichael. And I'd been in ex- galleries. And I'd given for auctions like for my powwow mm-hmm. or missing and murdered indigenous women or like different things yeah. and it started becoming a thing and i kind of didn't really take it that serious right. but i think it was uh, around the time when i had a painting go for auction it <clears throat> excuse me ended up in uh the new brunswick college mm. right and then i was like what's this right mm-hmm. so i started taking it more serious and then mm. fast forward the mcmichael thing came up and um the curator was uh, uh, Mark Campbell, Doctor Mark Campbell, mm-hmm. was curating the event, and it was a, it's a photography event about uh, it's called Everything Remains Raw, and it was yeah. about photography, um, capturing the artists and hip hop and R and B in the city. Um, so, for me, the exhibit was a lot of my career, right? Uh, especially when I actually went to it. So. They came and, you know, they knew I was an artist and they said, hey, and we'd like to include some of your pieces because you're such a big part of the music, yeah. right? And there's probably, I would imagine, not many people crossing those zones. Yeah. I never really thought about it. So yeah. they came over and they picked pieces. Uh, one of the things was they were showcasing, it's hip hop is like we will reinvent anything. Like if you give me that 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 recycling bin, mm. It's a hip hop thing for me. Maybe not turn into a drum, but I turn into something else. Yeah, we reinvent stuff. So they were right. trying to show that through how, like the owl. I took yep. the OVO yep. owl and I yep. flipped it and I made it indigenous. Or I took mm. the, the you know this medicine wheel and made it different than the original, yes. showing the evolution of how my friends had theirs and yeah. it and how it affected my life and right. how it. And I wanted to share that teaching that that Ernie brought and yeah. and. That was part of my story. Yeah. And so all these things were encompassed in that exhibit. So when right. I walked through, it was really powerful for yeah, me yeah. because it made me feel like, wow, I think I might've done something here. Mm-hmm. Like over time, yeah. like, like, oh, I'm not a nobody or, you know, <laughs> it's not even about that. Sure. But most people don't get to see their yeah. work. Like I didn't take the pictures. It's not about that. It's, right. it reminds me, right? Yeah. I had a conversation last night with Tyson, shout out to Tyson, who was an engineer from the city 
who's now in Nashville. And I, like I was saying to him last night, he would feel the same way, excluding the paintings. Gadget would feel the same way. 42, because right. Drake is in there. Yeah. There's few of us, and what I was saying to Tyson was what I say to him. I said, look, if you take, and it's not about ego, it's about facts. Yeah. And I sat down, and it's not about which one of us is better than the other, because we all have to praise Gadge. Yeah. Gadget's the godfather yeah. of hip-hop in the yeah. city, whether you like it or not. So if you took Tyson... Gadget, myself, and 40, and our, took our body of work and put it together, you'd be amazed at mm -hmm. how much we cover. Mm -hmm. And those guys took it to a whole other level. Right. I'm trying to ride off into the sunset. <laughs> They're still doing big stuff, right? Um, not to say I'm not going to keep doing music and all that, yeah, but yeah. you know, there's different hats here. There's producer sure. hat, there's yep. engineer, there's artist. Yep. So for me to see that was like overwhelming because that that I'm in the McMichael. Yeah. Never... In a million years. When we went to school there, you know, I had a dream I wanted to one day if I was rich. I told this, it's on my website. Yeah. One day if I was rich, I'd love to go follow in the footsteps yeah. of the group of seven. Go where they yeah. want and repaint yeah. it. And I got to paint at the McMichael. I reinterpreted a, a group of seven painting mm. and put in an indigenous twist on it. Mm. And basically I, I painted like, Jeez, I'm going to get it wrong. I think it was Mount Rosemont or Rose, mm. but I can't remember the title. They're going to curse me, but and it's basically a mountain, mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's a, one of the most famous yep. group of seven paintings. And I paint, I replicated it there. Now it yeah. was oil. I painted it in acrylic. Right. And I replicated it, but I added an anukshuk, mm. tiny little anukshuk way up right. on the mountain. Right. And that was the subtle difference, like right. a Basquiat kind of yeah. like, you know yeah. what? Yeah. This, how come there's no, you know, mm. that was the one thing I had issue with the group of seven. Mm. But at the same time, it's an honor to be there because that gallery is like, you know, like it's all, it's like Biggie. It's all a dream. Like mm. if you tell me when I was a kid, oh, you go, get out of here. Because that really inspired me mm -hmm. and takes things to another level. Yeah. Right. That's like, I'm, oh, this is serious and this is a thing. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that for me was really like such an evolutionary point that I couldn't, you know. I was blown away. I'm still blown away. I'm picking up my paintings at the end of the week. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's great. Uh, congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. So listen, let's try and take this to another level. Let's, yeah. uh, why don't we play something? You've got some uh, musical choices you you had. Uh, you've got, is it, are, are some of these tracks coming off the new? Uh... Um, some of them are, the ones you got, Res Life may or may not be on the album anymore. Okay. Window is definitely on the album yep. and Armed and Dangerous. The Spirit is off Hellenbach's album. Okay. Um, that was, is nominated, that album's nominated for two Indigenous Music Awards this yep. year. Um, um, Best Producer, Engineer, and Best Hip Hop. Yeah. That's Res Life on Element FM. And that is a piece uh, with David Strickland in the mix there. And uh, he's working with a number of artists uh, with that. And that is, you're saying that that was not the right tune we were going to play. Yeah, we but, were going to play The Spirit. Yeah. But that's okay. We played Res Life. Res Life uh, featuring Violent Ground, yep. Q Rock, Jesus, Joey Styles, Helen Back. Yeah. Am I missing anybody? Uh, don't think so. Nope. Don't think no, so. No. Uh, shout out to all of them. Chima yeah. um, Gwich, to all of them for yeah, being yeah. on that song. So it, it, while we were listening there, David, we were talking about. Um, technology and how it's it's changed it a little bit and, and I, I i put the question as you where was this recorded and 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 you were saying because everybody is in different places it, right you know, that it kind of gets thrown together from different studios. there's actually a story behind that yeah, song okay. so that song is like a remix let's say okay. a remake um uh it was it was originally a violent ground song mm. 
that I was trying to get the album changed a lot because I had a plan, and then when I started releasing songs, mm. the situation changed. Mm. That's why the album's not out. Okay, but originally I wanted to include Violent Ground on the album, and it was like. I'd rather sometimes work with the artists in the studio and mm -hmm. we are going back and forth. Right. So I decided one day I was like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool to do like a Northern touch remake of res life with mm -hmm. all these, you know, different amazing artists on yeah. it instead. And we did that song. That was the first song I did with them. So I was on a trip to Nescapi mm -hmm. shout out to Kawawa Chickamach. And I was up in Steven, um, up in Steven, uh, Stevenville. I'm thinking of Newfoundland. Um, I was up in Nescapi, and I, my cousin brought me to do some teaching, and I met these brothers, um, Christian and Alan, and I was blown away. These guys were in the basement in the subarctic mm -hmm. making beats and recording, and they sounded good, and I mm -hmm. was like, what is this? And we mm -hmm. made this song, and that was the start of their album, and mm -hmm. they got a new album coming out, but you know that's, that story, you know, there was a lot that happened there. So, I mean, I... I had to do that song under different circumstances because everybody yeah. doesn't live here. Right. Right. Q rocks in town. Jesus is out yeah. in the West, Joey, et cetera, East. So I, you, nowadays you can, because of technology, you can use the studio and, yeah. you know, FaceTime and, right. you know, work with people from all over the world. So that's yeah. the beauty of the technology. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you're not in the room. Sometimes exactly. it's nice to touch each Absolutely, other and yeah. see each other. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it works and it doesn't work depending yeah. on the vibe, but yeah. I got it done, yeah. and that that was one of the songs that was able to get done like that. But I I prefer to be with the person, yeah, you know, old so, school. So for your 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 upcoming album, the Spirit of Hip Hop, what are you what are you hoping what are you hoping for this? Um, I first of all I have zero expectations. Okay. I mean I I, I that's how I live. Mm -hmm. No expectations, no disappointment. Creator's gonna bring whatever mm -hmm. is supposed to be. So if it's going to flop, it's going to flop. Hopefully okay. that's not the case. Yeah. But the album is more, it's, I'm trying to do something that's never been done. So I brought, it's what not. Mean, what do you mean by that? Well, the album is not necessarily about me as an artist. I'm just kind of putting myself out there because mm -hmm. I've done a lot of records. And I the way it came about was I was in the community and, you know, sometimes I'd be at events and stuff and people were like, yo, come dance or this or that. And I'm not a dancer. Mm -hmm. I know you know, where I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of like, you know, try to do something in the community, whether mm -hmm. I'm out there giving money to homeless or walking around yep. giving food. So I was like, well, what do I do? I do music. So yeah. I started looking at the artists. Okay. And I started noticing quality issues and this issue uh, and that. And I said, okay. you know what? Why don't I start helping the artists in the community? Uh, and not about money, because yeah, a lot yeah. of situations I don't get sure. paid. Yeah. And I try to uplift them. Not to say I'm like Superman or anything, but yeah, yeah. I'm trying to help. No, I hear what you're saying. So yeah. I started doing that, working with artists, and then um, actually started with uh, Winnipeg Boys. I did a song with them when they were in town. Yep. Shout out to them, Charlie Feta and John C. And and a rest in peace to Brooklyn. Mm. But I was like trying to just help. Mm. And then it evolved into this thing where I started doing, so people would come to town, say Drews is in town, I'd do a song with him couple songs one would go for his album and yeah it became this thing and it was originally just indigenous okay right it was just indigenous but then i started looking at the other side of my life which is i work with a lot of like african-american african-canadian yeah. artists and yeah. hip-hop artists and r&b artists and yeah. i have and always have yeah. white black doesn't matter yeah that's i've been doing that 
That's been my thing. Okay. And I thought, what if I put them both together? Yeah. I never, if, you, if you've seen the Vice documentary, I say the same thing with the exception now of A Tribe Called Red, perhaps. I don't know if we've hit that mark yet, but I couldn't name one indigenous artist who had a number one hit on Billboard. Mm. I couldn't do it if you don't count Taboo from Black Eyed Peas. And it's not a solo. Mm. It's a group. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's still open, mm. not to say that I want it open, but my mm-hmm. point was, we haven't hit that yet. Yeah. So the idea was, you know, show the world we got good music. Right. And we, whether it's hip-hop, rock, it's not even the point, right? I'm just doing what I do. Yeah. So I started putting the artists together. And that's when I started, you know, one song is one thing. But when you start doing it with more than one, two, because, you know, for example, people sometimes don't understand. You have the EPMD song. Yeah. And it's EPMD and Socrates and myself. Yeah. And I always, you know... The rule of thumb with the album wasn't to count me as the indigenous artist. Mm. I'm the producer. Yeah. So you might have Jordan and Superman together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It was uh, two different worlds. Yeah. That was the idea. But in this case, you had EPMD, Socrates. You're like, okay, well, they're black and you're indigenous and I'm not on the mic on that song. But most yeah. people don't know that PMD, Paris Smith, is also has indigenous ancestors. Mm. His name is Black Cloud. So like we have history here that people don't know. Right. There's a lot of one thing people don't talk about is the uh, black indigenous people sure. in this in this on this island. Like there's been a lot of history yep. that's not acknowledged, and I know a lot of mixed race people, yep. not just from modern, from yep. the past. You know, yep. uh, a lot of my kids are like that. Yep. Um, their mothers are of you know different heritage. Yep. Whether it's that line or not, it's not even the point. Yeah. So I wanted to bring light to that as well because you know nobody's questioned me. But it's important to, you know, keep you informed as we go, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the album is supposed to be one of a kind because I've never heard anything like that. Mm. And, you know, did I do a good job? I don't know. Everybody's going to have to tell me. <laughs> um, the albums are kind of dead, so hopefully it'll become, like, just a constant. Yeah. So once this is out, I would like to just keep putting out songs. Yeah. You're not going to have to wait for the next album. Yeah. Maybe you will. Maybe we'll just keep throwing out songs. Right. All depends how these songs do. Yeah. Because originally, when I finished the album and started releasing songs, I wasn't with E1. Now, I'm not an E1 artist. I just have distribution through E1. Right. So when that came about, I had interest from other companies, but I chose that as a way to give the album and the message that I'm explaining yeah. a bigger voice. Okay. Right? So that changed the album because I went back and spent a year Right. Working and changing things, right? Okay, well, listen, we have to take a break. Sure. Uh, we're a little bit over on this, but uh, is there a track that we can play coming out of this break that sure. uh, will represent armed, or show armed, armed and dangerous? Dangerous. Uh, armed and dangerous, in fact, on Element FM. Uh, that was a tune by David Strickland and EPMD and uh, Socrates. Uh, on Element FM, and you're listening to Moment of Truth, as I say, and you're listening to uh, Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, and of course, uh, anywhere uh, via the Radio Player Canada app, if you've downloaded it. And we welcome you to the show, and I welcome uh, David Strickland to the show, Indigenous producer, and and we've had a great conversation talking about uh, hip-hop and other things that he's involved with. Uh, David, one of the things that that you mentioned, and... and, um, and I thought it was interesting was this this tie in with Ernie and his work and how he and that blend of of, of hip hop and and indigenous 
well, if you know the, Ernie's history yeah. and who he is, um, happy birthday to Ernie Panicoli, by the right. way. It is his birthday today. And he does have a new book out um, called Hip Hop at the End of the World. Yeah. Uh, if you can get that on Amazon. And it's basically another book, not another book, but it's he's had a book before. This is his second book, and it's um, images from his career, 40 years of taking pictures of hip hop artists yeah. along the way. And he was like there for everything. Yeah, that's and cool. You know, to have, he is kind of like inspired me, but also kind of like a father, mm. but also a mentor, but also a teacher and also somebody who has a similar story. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's one thing I was thinking about recently was like colonization in the music business. A lot of times I'm, I've been omitted from credits mm. or stuff like that. I never mm. thought about that before being the only indigenous person in the room and all of a sudden you're not on the album mm. but you were there and you when you listen you're like wait that's the recording mm. but so ernie is has a similar story but ernie really touched me with the the um the the connection to the teaching of the hip-hop yeah. medicine wheel and, yeah. and i'll explain that a bit to you and ernie brought that in my life um, more than just seeing the original logo right because there's a story and when you listen to the album, you're going to hear that from Ernie himself. Okay. He's on the album. Cool. He starts the album, um, and he explains this. And what it is, in a nutshell, is um, hip-hop is indigenous culture in a modern technological sense. The DJ is the drummer. Right. The MC is the storyteller. Yeah. The b-boy or the b-girl is the dancer. And the, the graffiti artist is the petroglyph or sand painter, mm. petroglyph mm-hmm. writer or sand painter. It's the same things. Yeah. And the reason I'm it, it connected with me is I'm like, geez, I wish I knew this when I was younger. But <laughs> it really made sense to me. Yeah. And one of the key things for me was throughout music, my music experience, the one thing I was always into was drum programming. Mm. And I was, I've been known for a person where Eric Sermon or Gadget or 40 or any of my producer friends can be like, Gordo, they call me Gordo, mm. go make a drums. Like yeah. I'm a drum guy. Yeah. I like making drums. I like making patterns, drum sounds, not knowing the connection that back then I wasn't watching all that. Yeah. The connection of the drum to our culture and why was I into that? Well, it's yeah. just natural, yeah. right? So all these things resonated with me because I realized that um, it's not just me. Right. There's going to be somebody else out there who has the same experience. And our, our a lot of our indigenous youth really like all the other youth. Hip-hop is a thing, and we love it, and, and we really take to it. Mm-hmm. And the idea is sometimes hip-hop, there's different styles, different stories, and a lot of it got lost. A lot of like things went this direction, that direction. Some people have bad views, but it's, it can be whatever we want it to be. Mm. It started about peace, unity, love, and having fun. Mm. Bringing the kids off the street from the gangs mm. to do something positive, mm. right? And that's what I'm trying to do, which is say, hey, because a lot of kids, whether you're on the res or not, you might grow up where traditions aren't necessarily cool, or we want to go do this, or we're going to go, you know, whatever it is, and mm. you're like, whatever, moms. Mm. It's like... Mm. You know, you could relate it to other things in other cultures. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's always not seen. It's not necessarily seen. It depends how you were raised. Yeah. So, <clears throat> pardon me. By showing this comparison, you see the the facts that it's the same. And that's why the album is called Spirit. Right. Because what Ernie is teaching me is that this spirit has been here forever. Yeah. They've been doing this. If you go look at old 
music. They've been doing rap forever. They just weren't doing it on this level. And we've been doing it here forever because we've been here forever. And whether we were telling our stories with music going or not, I can't tell you, but maybe we were, maybe we weren't, maybe we didn't need to. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is it's all the same. And it is cool. And our traditions are cool. And I started taking the art and having the influence of my art and my music. When you hear the album, you'll hear the influence in the music. Like I sampled, I was in Halifax and I was recording a big drum group and then my cousin was there Mm. and I happened to record her playing. Mm. And then I end up sampling her later, and she's in a song. You know what I mean? So, like, all these things are are coming into effect, yeah. right? So, I'm just trying to show that how that you know we gotta love ourselves yeah. because this thing over here you're loving that's us and that's right. ours. Just yeah. and this doesn't apply for us on Turtle Island. This applies for all Indigenous people, right? right? There's Africa, yep. there's Australia, yep. there's Indigenous people yep. everywhere, absolutely, right? So that really was an aha moment for me and Ernie really kind of changed my perspective with yeah. that. And that kind of like had a big impact on the album. You know, it's interesting because I mean, you think about the moves, some of the moves you see and some of those, some of those, uh, hip hop moves are, are right out of the, Oh well, yeah. You dance. ask Q rock. Yeah. Q rock is, you know, ready to rock. Um, MZK, he's yeah. legit. He'll tell you some of those are, are yeah. dance moves from, you know, yeah. Eagle walk or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's all it's part cool. and partial because we were there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you wanted to you want to say any more about the album? Um, the album, well, the album's coming. I I had to make some changes. Yep. I'm about to go finishing mastering soon okay. and finishing my artwork and late spring, early summer. Okay. I'm dropping it, or you know, depending on yeah. what happens between now and then. But yeah. the album is is I can't wait to get it out. Because yep. I want people to hear it, and it's 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 changed a lot since what I was about to put out, yeah. and it's that much better. So I'm excited to put it out now. Where I was excited before, but now I'm really excited <laughs> because I have some new stuff on there that I'm dying. I I try what I try to do was was challenge myself and try new things. Yeah. After that yeah, yeah. situation changed, I said, "Let's. What can we do? Yeah. So I'm really excited to share that with everybody. So I can't wait and. Um, Hopefully, you know, I'll have some more information yeah. soon as far as dates and stuff. And Well, make sure you tell us about that. Definitely. And, and uh, get back in, in touch with us so that we know what's going on. Um, listen, you know, I, the other thing that comes to mind when you were talking about trying to trying to help some of these these artists, you know, with, with things, and, and I thought there's always a trickle down, you know. So right. you're, you're helping these artists, but that's helping. Well, you're exposing them and giving them something else maybe to listen to when they're doing stuff right. and, and working on. With, so there's always that. It's always a trickle down. It's always, right. it's always not just you helping them, but they're going to be helping themselves at some point as well and maybe right. helping others. Well, if I'm just trying to share my story yeah. so I can maybe inspire somebody yeah. because somebody always inspired me. Yeah. And I'm, I always tell people I'm not any more special or, yeah. or like I'm not, I don't come from money. I don't come from education. Yeah. All I have is heart yeah. and will. Right, and if I can do whatever I'm doing, anybody can do anything. Right. Like I'm not better than anybody else. So right. if you want to go build a building, you can do it, man. You know what I mean? Like, mm. believe in yourself. That's what this story is about. Mm. Me believing myself. I had no musical training. Right. I didn't come from a background of yeah. this, that. So yeah. I'm capable. Right. I just got up every day and did whatever I could. Yeah. And sometimes I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But you know, that's the the message here: is believe in yourself and love yourself. And whatever it is doesn't have to be music. Try, okay. try. Um, now with that, I th- you wanted to mention something else about uh, your band. Uh, oh, we were talking about the band. You know, yeah. there, there's uh, 
there's been a lot going with my band. Um, my band is in Newfoundland. Yeah. Um, my family got, you know, s- spread across is Nova it, Scotia, the, Newfoundland, the Halibut band, Halibut okay. Mi'kmaq. Uh-huh. Um, but what happened was, you know, Newfoundland didn't join Confederation until yeah. 49. So they didn't take the Indian Act. They were trying to um, correct a wrong from the past, and it's mm. gone way out of proportion. So they... They took a lot of people's cards away. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. happened, and we had to challenge them in court. Right. It was on the news about that. They just announced a few months ago that they're reassessing a bunch of us, yeah. six, almost 60,000. I got wow. my letter. So, I mean, 10,000 people lost their status cards. Mm. You know, um, some of those are family members. Mm. Um, and it's the logic is really out of whack. Right. Um, so hopefully, you know, there has been progress on that. I've been trying to spread awareness and yeah. tell that story okay. because most people don't understand why it happened or right. what, what it's about right. and how it affects people. Yeah. And uh, I've just been trying to share that because we've been fighting for that because it, it's not just me. Yeah. Not just about me. Yeah. It's about my ancestors. Of course. My grandmother. There's so much stolen identity and, and, and people like even my uncles and stuff who are old who didn't get to live with their traditions they didn't get to know things that's what makes me gives me that fire because mm. it's not just about me yep. it's not about me having a card or being recognized it's right. not about that right. it's about being able to share the traditions right they don't share which yeah. is really yeah. core to our culture well we want to share woman on track if we can i love that before we end and we're running out of time quickly uh, if you're interested in, in checking out David uh, Strickland more, you can go to David's website. It's davidstricklandstudio.com. Studios. Studios. Plural. davidstricklandstudios.com. And you can check all that stuff out. Anything else, uh, website or otherwise, you want to give people a... Oh, uh, you know, shout out to my fam, EPMD, Eric Sermon, Redman, Socrates. You know, there's so many names to mention. Peace to Keith Murray. I could go on for days. Shout out my sister. I know she's listening. Uh, you've been listening to Element FM. I'm your host, David Moses. Our, our guest today has been uh, David uh, Gordo Strickland, and he is a producer, indigenous producer, and he's done some great stuff, and I wish him all the best in the future. We hope to uh, have, you, have you on.